Hey, you are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And today with me, I have two special spooky podcast people, Dexter and Alex. Uh, Pablo, I have a I have a joke for you. Yes, I made it last week and I wrote it down because it was so hilarious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So, so <laughs> I was I was I was I was telling someone about your podcast and I was like, he really missed the mark on naming his show because he could have called it a podcast. Oh shit! Get That's it? a good one. Did, did you get my joke? I got it's it. Hilarious. I've yeah. got it. I wrote that, that down because it was so funny. I, I thought you'd want to hear it. I appreciate it. I can't follow that up. That's uh, <laughs> you've made all the humor for this episode. Dexter. You might that's as well not, just leave now. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there you go. There's fellow podcast people, Dexter and Alex, and they're joining me for today's episode, which is gatekeeping and changing opinions. Or changing opinions and gatekeeping. Very spooky theme on this Halloween. We're recording on Halloween today. This will come out after Halloween. So this is one last frightful spook for you, the listener. So just before we get into today's topic, our non-legal legal disclaimer. Our spooky legal disclaimer. Spooky. The opinions that we express is just that our own opinions. We're not trying to say that we have the ultimate truth or that only our opinions are the correct ones or the correct viewpoints or the only viewpoints. Other Others exist and are possible and maybe valid. So now with that out of the way, uh, I guess I'll start this off uh, about gatekeeping. So if you're not aware of what gatekeeping is, it's basically trying to control how someone should view something or how they should enjoy something. You basically kind of want to own the space of a certain genre or subculture or what have you. So I found myself one time in uh, Forever 21. And I think I was there with uh, my girlfriend and she was, you know, shopping for clothes. And I was just kind of like walking around the women's section because I think Forever 21 is mostly for, for women. And I noticed there had some Marvel comics uh t-shirts so they had like different characters uh like thor spider-man the incredible hulk and i was just kind of like looking at them and i'm just kind of thinking people who shop here don't don't understand these characters they don't, they don't like them they don't read them the comics they're based on like why why would you want to buy that and wear that if you if you're not really going to be a fan of it and then i thought wait why am I thinking that opinion? That's, that's kind of dumb. Like, who cares if the person is like a true, quote unquote, true fan, right? That's where the gatekeeping comes in. You want to decide who is true, who's worthy of being a, a fan of a certain, in this case, comics or comic characters. And I thought, yeah, this is why, why am I holding this, this opinion? That's, that's kind of dumb. I think everybody's kind of guilty of that, though. Like, I, I remember like, like when I was like an angsty teenager, like there was, there was mm. a girl in my high school who had a Nirvana t-shirt. And I was like, you don't even know who Nirvana is. You, you can't appreciate uh, Kurt Cobain. Dude. Well, that's, that's the other name thing. One, name one Nirvana song. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think I, I kind of got that from... The reason why I bring this up is the pervasiveness of this kind of thinking that we encounter uh, like every day, but we don't necessarily realize it. Because mm. it, cause sometimes it's like so subtle... And, and like, I'll read about this kind of stuff and it gets inside your mind. Like when you read about, it could be on conversations you have with friends. It could be on message boards on the internet. It could be memes that you see on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever. 
however, however you take in this, this information, but it seeps in sometimes and you don't realize that you're doing it. Cause with the yeah, band yeah, thing, yeah. I remember, yeah. you know, sometimes someone would wear like an Iron Maiden shirt and I would have a friend that would see someone wearing like an Iron Maiden shirt and be like, that person like probably doesn't even know who Iron Maiden is. Or even for like sampling songs, right? Like some hip hop rap song sample rock songs, right? And they'd be like, I don't like mm-hmm. the, the, the fact that they take it because people don't know it comes from this band actually. They think yeah, it, yeah. whoever sampled it created mm-hmm. it. And I'm thinking That's like, an uh, interesting point. Yeah. You bring up Pablo. Because like I always associate uh, gatekeeping like that with fandoms specifically, mm-hmm. like, or enjoying a certain like sub- subculture, right? Uh, and it's like, it, I feel like it comes from a place of pride. Like, oh, like I love this thing so much. But because you're like so stuck up in your own like ideas of what it means to be like a true fan of this thing, you like don't allow space for other people who are emerging into that to get there, you know? Yeah. Or, 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 or not get there. Like you can still appreciate a thing without appreciating it the most, you know? Like, true, true. Like you could be a huge fan of, of like, uh, of, of like, like the Captain America movies, but have never read one of the comics, you know? And like, you still can wear a t-shirt. Like, well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like, who am I to deign someone not worthy or worthy of wearing a t-shirt of like a comic character? Cause like you said, you could mm-hmm. just like the design of the shirt, the design of the character, whatever is displayed on the shirt. If you're wearing an, a, um, an artist t-shirt, you could just like the band's logo or the cover art that they generally put on t-shirts or whatever. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to be this like super mega fan. And it, no, so it's it, super true. it made me question why, why do we like think like this? And one of the reasons that I could come up with perhaps is that at least like running with the theme of comics here, because like you could also apply this for music. I know for music, I've heard that sometimes people think, um, you know, especially if it's a more of a low key band that suddenly becomes popular, you think that like mm-hmm. this was something that's more intimate to me. And, you know, maybe I went to go yeah, see them mm-hmm. play a small club when they came through, let's yeah. say Montreal, for example. And now like two or three years later, they're this big band that's now like at the Bell Center or something like that. And you're like, well, I appreciated this band first. Like you guys are all bandwagoners, basically. Yeah, I I find that's true of like any band. Like any any time you you like 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 become part of a fandom of a band, like mm-hmm. it, there's always people saying like, oh well, you know, their second album is their best album. And it went downhill from there, and like yeah, I mean, like the first album was great, but then you know they kind of sold out after that. Like it, every band is like that. I find every yeah, I've been, I'm guilty of that. Uh, oh yeah, I mean it, it can Green, be true. Green like, Day. And honestly, yeah. After American Idiot, kind of going, kind of went downhill a little bit. Yeah, so you draw yeah, it at American Idiot and not like at like a yeah, Dookie I, I, or I something. I listen to everything a fun else because there's because like there's waves of Green Day fans. Like there's people who True. like hate everything they made after their first album. There's people who hate everything they made after their like after American Idiot. And people just hate all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. You feel like you found something, right? And now it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys didn't really find it you're just liking it now because it's popular so on the one hand there's the you know popularity or the mainstream success of a certain you know tv show band like such a bullshit video game thinking i think it could be i don't know at least for me it feels like it's just like 
sure you ended up finding like it just happenstance that you like this band like ideally if you like a band you want them to get more popular you can't well, fucking yeah it's part of what pablo was saying before about like that the like the intimacy of like of like you know this band and no one else you know knows this band so you just mm-hmm. like like you love this band and you have like a personal attachment to this band and then everybody else starts liking you're like well but you guys didn't like experience that feeling I have. And you have like a personal ownership over oh, like the experience of okay. hearing that band. Yeah. And that can definitely be part of it. The other thing that I'm thinking of is a, a lot of things that like were considered like uncool. Now yeah. all of a sudden become cool. So like using the comics, of, like as an example, like when I was uh, a kid reading comics, you're kind of like a nerd loser person right if you like star mm-hmm. trek you're like considered like a big dork a big geek uh you guys do dungeons and dragons now when i was a kid if you did dungeons and dragons you're like what kind of fucking loser are you mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so for people who grew up liking those things like liking science fiction star trek star wars pokemon i believe too uh at, you know as a young kid you would get like made fun of or like bullied or considered like uncool or geeky or like a loser and then now all of a sudden okay 5 10 15 years later whatever amount of time in the future later those things are like widely accepted so something you got made fun of got bullied for we're seeing as like a social outcast but don't forget this is like high school elementary school so it's not like the end of the world kind of stuff but when you're a kid, it kind it of feels is like it. Yeah, it feels so real. <laughs> the struggle is real there. So that mm-hmm. that could also create like this kind of, I guess, like resentment in that, yeah. you know, you were teased for it. And now all the people who kind of tease you for it. Now they are like, hey, this thing is cool now. This thing is socially acceptable. Again, we'll jump on the bandwagon. I'm just going to say, uh, I, uh, I want to speak to that first part that you said, like just uh, changing ideas of certain things. Yeah. Um, and t- like, I don't know, it made me think of, I, so I have tattoos and I was talking to my artist last time I was getting the rest of my sleeve done. And she told me this story about, cause she, she is this like five foot, nothing stick of a girl. Um, <laughs> but she's like completely tatted up, right? Like she's got full sleeves. She's got like on her face and on her hands. Uh, and she, she told me that like, she used to go out to bars a lot. And obviously when you could, and like dudes would just come over and like harass her, be- like, and be like, Oh, oh you got to own up to your tattoos. Like, Oh, you like, you don't, you don't, you don't look like the kind of person who could like own that look. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think I'm, I'm drawing a parallel here, but I'm not sure what it is now that I think about it. Um, well, again, it has to I, do with like in, in the in the vein of like gatekeeping, because like for tattoos, like tattoos now are very common. That's another good example of like mm-hmm. how something yeah. that was like considered like alternative or more taboo is now like mainstream. Because if you if you had tattoos, you were like a mean, like bad person. Mm. Like you didn't get tattoos to be like, yeah, hey, this is like, like cool. Yeah, you were like, ooh, watch out for that person. They're a little dangerous. I mean, yeah, not like super dangerous, but you know, you were kind of like, like you know, yeah, well, yeah, a bit and, of an and, outcast, and, and, but you had tattoos. Yeah, it, it makes you an out group, and like when you're an out group, you need some pride to rally around because you don't have that like 
that like in-group kind of like comfort you know yeah yeah so this uh your tattoo artist there like yeah if she's like this small like five foot girl that's not who you picture this is where the gatekeeping comes in because you're like you, mm. you can't have a tattoo you can't be yeah, tatted up tougher. you know you're like this tiny little you should be like a little housewife i'm not saying that yeah, she yeah, should yeah, be yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. like the attitude towards it for sure it's strawberry shortcake tattoos on your cheek <laughs> now there's like a little bit and it's even like eroding more like the tabooness around like tattoos because now i think most of the restriction lies on having it like on your hands or like on your face yeah. but there's still a little bit of that because people would be like oh how are you going to get a job how are you going to look respectable right it was all about, about like respectability yeah. so you're like mm -hmm. a criminal yeah, if but... you had a tattoo yeah. and now it's just like oh okay if you get it on your hands like you know, you need to be serious into, into yeah. tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's where you cross the line into, like, committing to tattoos. Because, like, from the few tattoo, like, I don't have a tattoo, but, like, from the few that, like, people who are artists that I've, like, talked to, they've said, like, um, they won't tattoo someone's, like, hands unless, like, they have a serious amount mm -hmm, of tattoos mm -hmm. on them. Like, if you want to get a tattoo, your first one, like, on your hand or somewhere visible, they're going to be like, well, most, it's not, it's not like it's against the law or anything, but they'll probably be like, no, I'm not going to do that because. Yeah, it's, it's like a personal rule. Yeah, like you need to, because you could grow up to like regret this or, but it's always going to be visible. Yeah. Because if you have something on your chest or your leg or your arm, you can hide that. I wanted to talk about, because um, you casually brought it up, I, I think it's like kind of a different case is uh, Pokemon and uh and uh, Harry Potter also, because both of those were like, well, I guess even Star Wars, but I, I, I was, I'm, I'm too young to, to know that mm -hmm. firsthand, where like there, there were like these like phenomena of like everyone was into Pokemon, everyone was into Harry Potter when, when I was a kid, but like you were a nerd if you like knew like a certain, like just too much about it, you know? <laughs> if you went into like, too you, much detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you reveal that you're a nerd. I relate to this. So hard, yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like those those nerds would like gatekeep, but you'd be gatekeeping something that everybody already likes. Like, uh, okay, cool, but like, the, the 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 like J.K. Rowling's bank account begs to differ. That like you're not a true fan if you haven't read the book seven times. Oh, J.K. Rowling. Okay, yeah, I have another. Oh, we have we have a, an episode a coming honor. up in the future about about J.K. Rowling again. I have one in the past you want to go and listen to. And we I have listen one. I that one, actually. Oh, nice. As a listener, if you yeah. want to go back, we have that one on J.K. Rowling. There's going to be one coming up. It's a little preview for you. If you're a long-time listener. But yeah, Alex, did you have uh, anything else? Yeah, as a, as a fellow nerd, um, I, I don't think I've ever, at least personally, been a gatekeeper in terms of nerd stuff. I've been on the receiving end of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um which is so funny at least i don't know uh, again at least for it's puzzling to me because as a like in a nerd fandom you're already a rather small kind of niche group right and at least to me you'd want to like get more people into the fold to make it more mainstream um yeah. the whole like um actually uh, uh <laughs> evolves into i don't think that's a terrible example but like you know that kind of mentality of gatekeeping about it like i feel like just ru it really like poisons the yeah fandom of people well i think yeah, you I, I feel like oh go ahead dexter 
I, I feel like it really varies fandom to fandom. Like community, I find actually has a really good fandom because community mm. is like part of what defines that show is that it was very unsuccessful and that it was canceled several times. So like everybody who's a fan of that is like such a fan that you can't like there's no time for like infighting or like hating the show because you just want anybody who's willing to like the show to like the show. Like when community was airing, everybody would, would just rally. It's like, no, 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 we can't take the time to hate season four because if we hate season four, we don't get season five, right. you know? Um, but on the other hand, star Wars has the worst fandom of oh. any franchise ever. And I find that's, that's because oh, it's like, it's like, generational franchise so like every generation yeah is gatekeeping a different thing and then the newest generation has yeah. to be like well i like the new stuff i mean the good the old stuff's good too but the older generations are always gonna be like the new stuff sucks it all sucks old stuff is where it's at it's crazy because oh, like we got to the point where people are like defending the prequels when like oh, i don't know, yes i don't like, get everybody that. hated i them. was just about to bring up the fucking prequels but it's, it's, it's because, like, now there's people who grew up on those who have, like, a fond, yeah. fond memories of those. So they're defending it. But, like, objectively, they're not better than the sequels. That's ridiculous. Well, no, I think, I think Star Wars is an interesting point. I mean, one, I don't agree with people who are trying to reevaluate the, the prequel trilogy by saying, like, somehow it's actually like very good or very deep or very thoughtful or whatever it's not it's not it's none it's of not, those I, things I, I, I do i do love those movies but i only love those movies because i watched them over and over when i was seven well you, you can know? enjoy them yeah or, or the nostalgia or just like the pure entertainment of it but, but like I, I don't need everyone else to recognize that <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm a little you know, embarrassed on reddit forums say, asking people yeah. their opinions about the prequels all and these like video essays trying to argue that they're actually really smart and brilliant but no, with Star Wars, though, it brings up an interesting thing that is also tied with like uh, gatekeeping and deciding who gets to be like a real fan or who truly appreciates is that this is all tied up with like a lot of like misogyny and sexism. So you see yeah. that like mm-hmm. in Star Wars and in video games, look at the video games in a second. But like especially with the newer trilogy, like the J.J. Abrams basically trilogy. um. Well, yeah, because there's like the what is it, the Last Jedi? That's not J.J. Abrams. The Last Jedi, yeah, Ryan Johnson, who's a great director. Right. Have you see Knives Out. No, I Favorite heard it's movie. really good, and I want to, I want to watch it. Amazing. You would, you should watch it, Pablo. Yeah. You should seriously fucking watch it. It's amazing. Okay. All right. But like, oh, no worries, because like a lot of people, like especially when the Force Awakens came out, there's a huge, like, backlash against like Ray from like a lot of yeah. male fans, and especially also after the, the Last Jedi. Too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For well, Force and, Awakens. And, uh, they were saying and the that Black stormtrooper too. Yeah, yeah, that too. And sec- uh, yeah, and racism. That's all. All the good stuff is is tied is tied in with it, right? Yeah, you your misogyny, your sexism, your racism, mm, the trifecta. But in a beautiful little bow. Yeah, all tied together from people who yeah essentially are gatekeeping, saying like, hey, this isn't Star Wars. You can't have a black like stormtrooper or a black Jedi, even though you had like Mace Windu in in, in the prequel trilogy, but as our lead character. You can't have a woman as our lead character. That's not really Star Wars. There was a lot of pushback against Rey. They they uh, said that uh, she was like a Mary Sue, which is basically mm-hmm. a character who doesn't struggle at all and is written to be perfect, essentially, and like can master everything like her first time. But I don't I don't buy that argument because I mean yes, you could say things came easily to Rey, but how does that differ from any main character or like of any 
yeah. story. Generally, they pick something up. They have a talent, hidden or otherwise, and yeah. they accomplish she's, their goal. Yeah. That's the point of our main she's character. She's no worse than Harry Potter. Harry no. Potter is no. like... Harry Potter every year, man. He's got some going true. on. He just he just nails it. Like he does he Yeah, my, but like, he doesn't like fail. my time at high school was not that event filled. Yeah, Harry Potter's <laughs> like, defining characteristic is that he's the best at things yeah. and everything happens to him. Yeah. <laughs> like As he I, says, he is the chosen one. He is the chosen one. Like I think when I was in high school, all I got was like detention and like not completing assignments. That's what I did in high school. You, you get know? sent to a haunted forest. You got, you got detention. Detention. No, I think once or twice, I got detention. I don't remember for what. But you don't like, me as the detention type. Pavel, no, that's why it's just that's why it sticks out. Didn't like, everybody didn't get detention? At some point, you got oh, yeah, have I got like one multiple times. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, like we're all nerds here. I was a well-behaved student. I still got detention. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. I once got detention for reading my own personal book in class. <laughs> Like, how dare you done whatever like we needed to be done and i like fucking it was i was so livid <laughs> Being it's like uh, you're reading like what uh the count of monte cristo and then underneath that book <laughs> you have like your harry potter book or something <laughs> like your giant ass harry potter book <laughs> on top of it you know so like just tying it back to to uh, the, this idea of like Ray being like a Mary Sue, it's like any any main character, like even in the first Star Wars, mm-hmm. like a New Hope with Luke, he's the Luke one who shoots the, the Death, Death Star. Star, like, he, and and he was like he, someone who lived in the middle of a fucking desert planet who did like yeah, nothing. He's never like flown in space before. Yeah, just he shot a couple of womp rats doesn't mean you know he has the marksmanship of a trained pilot or anything. You yeah. know, and he's able to use the Force to guide the the missiles in. Right? That's what, uh, that was the whole mm-hmm. last thing that when they're going it. down that last trench front. They're like, Luke, you turned off your, like, targeting computer. Is everything all right? You know? And it's just yeah. like, okay, so he masters it. And then in, in The Force Awakens, you have Rey, who's able to hold her own against, like, Kylo Ren and, like, using a lightsaber and flying the Millennium Falcon. You know, all these things. Or, like, uh, what did she do? She used, like, Jedi mind trick on the stormtroopers to get mm-hmm. out of the prison, I guess, she was held in. It's like, okay. She's someone who's very, you know, gifted in the force who just doesn't realize it yet. But again, it's like if you want to use Harry Potter, he's like a very powerful wizard who takes down Voldemort like three times. Right. In the he's first three movies and books, you know, he, he, he thwarts Voldemort, who's like the most evil mm-hmm. wizard ever. And he's just like this 10 year old kid or whatever. So it's like, how is that? How is that different? Yeah, well, and what does it matter? Like, it's just a goofy fantasy story. Like, she could be the best. Like, it, it, like these aren't like super deep movies to challenge you. It's it's kind of it's it's no. fun movies for kids to be like, ooh, I could be I could be the hero. Like, that's yeah. what Star Wars is. That's what Luke Skywalker is. He's like the everyman that you can relate to, and so is Rey, just a girl. Yeah, and so it, it encourages girls to like. Star Wars, and so if you're a well, dude, and, and that doesn't mean you can't enjoy adventure. enjoy Star Wars. Now it's just like it's open yeah, you could, for anyone. And boys can relate to Ray also. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, uh, believe weird. it or not, but like a, a a human male and a human female aren't so different. <gasps> I know, crazy, crazy revolutionary yeah. ideas here, and it's the same thing like in video games as I had mentioned a bit previously. It's like you have a lot of girls 
that play a video game. But mm-hmm. for a long time, like even before we have our modern video game area, the, the field of like computers and science and computer science and early computers, early technology were all dominated by men. It made sense because men were viewed as the ones who did this stuff and women were viewed as the ones who need to you know, the home, uh, be at home, taking care of family, taking care of yeah, household yeah. responsibilities, duties, whatever. Yeah. But once we start coming into the more like accessible <laughs> to the public video game industry that we, you know, kind of uh, what we have now, the modern era of video games, it's like girls enjoy, girls play. Uh, it's dudes that have the, have an issue with it. Because I remember, like, I don't play video games so much now, but when I would play, like, Xbox Live or, like, online, uh, I used to play, like, Jedi Knight when I was, like, younger. And if there was, Battle- like, what's that? Battlefront. Oh, yeah, Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, too. Battlefront. Or sometimes, yeah, like, Age of Empires, kind of like the same game. Right? If you were playing and there was, like, a girl player in, everyone would be like, ooh, a girl player. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know? And everyone would get all, like, fucking weird about it. Right. And because because you get people get angry because they say girls just come in here to get attention. Right. They're not here. They're not here to be serious gamers. Not here to play the game. They're here to, like, profit off their look. There's nothing inherently gendered about video games as like a medium. Right. And it was kind of like an arbitrary decision to market video games to boys instead of to girls. Yeah. Just because boys buy more toys. So they market. Well, and boys only buy more toys because more toys are marketed for boys. Yeah. So they marketed video games for boys, and then because of that, they started making video games that were more directed for boys. Mm-hmm. Right, and and, and but re- like recently, there's been a lot more women who play games, and games have gotten more diversified with like um, mobile games, right? Because yeah. mobile games are are uh, more popular with women. Oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah, I don't have a source on that. But oh, it's okay. We're not one. here for like <laughs> literary. So it's not. It's not an academic a, essay. Anything to anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is for entertainment purposes only. But, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I would think that the that kind of like decision to market more to boys than to girls, but all is also like a product of like the system that like makes you know the, again the higher the the kind of like history of women not being able to play or like uh, or girls being socialized to like grow up to be, become mothers and become well yeah like, yeah like like like, like right? girls toys are are they have barbies for the fashion and they have dolls for to learn to become mothers mm-hmm. and that's their function and you gotta play in a house man you can't play a fucking shooter you gotta yeah. <laughs> learn how to well, well sh- shooters didn't exist when they made that decision right like, true the thing they were marketing was pong right yeah it's yeah. like Pong is Pong is just it's rectangles and a square. Like there's no gender to that. No. And and then because they they put it in that direction, then they're like, okay, well now we have arcades. So what are we gonna do if we're marketing it toward boys? We'll put Terminator in there. You know, it's just a big muscly dude, and that's what boys like. <laughs> yes, I remember all my fascinations with big muscly dudes. Uh, dude, that's fucking He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that is He-Man. When you think about it, he has the power. I've watched a lot of the toys that made us. Well, that's the interesting thing is that a lot of those cartoons from the eighties are basically vehicles to sell the toys. Like Transformers yeah, yeah, was yeah, literally, yeah, 
we have these toys. Oh God, yeah. How do we sell them to kids? Oh, let's make a fucking cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Transformers has its own share of gatekeeping. Like, there's people who like who who, who like uh, shit on anybody who likes the Michael Bay movies. Yeah, because the the true Transformers, the artful Transformers, is that '80s cartoon. <laughs> That's what I don't get. It's, it's like Transformers has always been crap. Like, what do you? It's always been crap. Toys. Yeah, it's literally to, to yeah, exactly to sell Hot toys. Pig. There were commercials to sell the toys, so you'd want to go tell your parents, "Hey, I want this to play with," and they'd be like, "Okay, little Billy, yeah, we'll go I buy that for you." Because he's the funny one. And then like the fact that people could get so into invested in toys, right, like that, enough to gatekeep a fandom about it, it's kind yeah. of. So, like really it's kind of cool right it's it, like i don't know yeah, i think that yeah. speaks to humanity. on a certain level yeah yeah it's it, it, yeah it's it, yeah yeah it, yeah no i mean like no i mean i'm fucking i'm guilty of it i'm, I'm a huge nerd I, I love that kind of stuff and like i i love like getting immersed in these worlds and like i'm like like well you know and, and like, it, it does bother me when someone gets a detail wrong it's like well technically that's a clone trooper not a stormtrooper you know? because <laughs> these are clones of tango fed and they weren't recruits that like in the, in the imperial era like I know that shit, and if I know that shit, and someone makes a mistake, I, it, like I'm like, damn, I'm not gonna fucking correct them because it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, not gonna, like Lord if somebody's making a joke to reference Star Wars, it's like, oh well, your joke wasn't accurate, so it's not really funny. Because we all know, yeah, because we all know jokes have got to be 100 yeah. percent accurate Lately. on things. No exaggeration, no hyperboles, yeah. nothing like that. That's kind of this is another topic for another day, but it's just when people make that criticism of jokes, but being like this thing isn't realistic or this detail isn't exactly right. I'm always like, that's such a weak criticism of that. the joke because I'm like, yeah, when you're doing comedy, I'm like, yes, you can have something that's very grounded, whatever your gag is, that's fine. But then you also have like the extreme exaggeration to illustrate whatever the point of your joke is, too. And I'm like, just saying, well, this wouldn't happen in real life or that's not how that's not things people actually say of like well that we wouldn't really be anywhere <laughs> <laughs> right no for sure for sure i think it's i don't know i i'm always i've always been fascinated by like gatekeeping and like that at least because it, it's like you know it comes from a place of love but it's like, I like yeah. it's like what what is that point where you like is do you think it's a con do you guys think it's a conscious decision to like start doing that like one day a nerd like correct someone about something and they're like oh well i have to do this for the rest of my life now no well no 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 because because it's it, it's usually it's like i think usually people who are gatekeeping are like my assumption based on the internet is that they're mostly like 15 year olds who like a thing and get bullied for liking a thing so they just have to like now their identity is liking that thing so that they like the thing the most mm -hmm. you know it definitely is i feel more prevalent with like teenagers I feel like as an adult, you gain a certain perspective about that. But we can't say that there are no adults that are like that, right? Or yeah, because I have a lot less empathy for adults who well, do that. Fans like oh, all ages, sure. I imagine. Yeah, well, definitely adults do it because they always say the younger generation is like screwing everything up. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's oh. The greatest gatekeeping. Boomers are the it's ultimate gatekeeper. These days. When it's like. You no, know, it's not even boomers. It's not even boomers. It's, it's, every it's everyone. Every generation is like kids these days. It's true. Like fucking. Yeah, man. Socrates did that. Like. Socrates gate kept society. <laughs> gate kept philosophy. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. There's no age on it. There's no one group of people who do it. It's like everyone kind of does it. The thing with like the intergenerational gatekeeping is that what was I read? I saw a thing like on Facebook that pissed me off. Like 
so much. It was something like, it was like definitely like a very boomer thing trying to push back against like the current environmental push from like, I guess what we'd call millennials, which when I was a kid, we're not called millennials, we're called Gen Y. And then I guess Gen Z, which I guess I keep hearing the term Zoomer, which I assume is yeah. the Gen <laughs> yeah, Z. I love, I love that for them. <laughs> right? So for, for the younger crowd, there's this push towards like environmentalism and all that stuff. And then the boomers are kind of like pushing back on it. I saw this post that kind of like talked, like, uh, you know, addressed that kind of issue and being like, it was this hypothetical scenario where the boomer is going to the store uh, and they're checking out at the cash. And uh, the cash is like, the cashier is like, oh, do you have like a reusable bag or something along those lines? And then the boomer's response is like, oh, well, yeah, I know when I, back in my day, like we had like glass bottles for things. We had paper bags and, you know, all this kind of stuff to say like, oh, it's you guys who are, who are the issue now. And you want to blame us when we originally had stuff that was like recyclable or environmentally friendly kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not, you know, millennials or Gen Y, Gen Z. We're not the ones that decided everyone had to switch to plastic bag. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, create all this like um, packaging, you know, when you get something that's like wrapped in plastic and then you open it up and it's like 10 million other things wrapped in a little piece of plastic. We didn't make that decision. Right. You guys made that decision. You guys are selling shit as it comes down to capitalism. You need to sell new forms of, of product or like bottled water or whatever it is. Yeah, you guys decided. We didn't decide that. But now people are saying, "Hey, maybe this is not a good idea." And it's you guys who had that, who made that decision. The, the, we're the ones who, who are stuck with it. So it's like the oh, same. Yeah. I, I find that that's like that's like that's some of the most absurd gatekeeping. Is like back in my day. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like yeah, like like back in my day, we were neglected and we all got injured and we would throw lawn darts at each other and we were better for it and we got beaten. By our teachers, like, cool. we got beaten at home. Yeah, you abused got each other more. Beaten by generation. neighborhood kids. Just you're just yeah. getting beaten all day. And somehow yeah. that's a point of pride, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're too sensitive. Clearly, yeah. I mean we are. But <laughs> well, now everyone's like a sensitive soul, so it's okay. I've seen like I don't know. Just talk on this for one one more second. Yeah, like, like I don't know. I feel like we're at least our. our we're more conscious of like things and ramifications of things like we're able to hold people more accountable that's my at least optimistic optimistic mm -hmm. opinion about people being quote-unquote more sensitive well yeah it's, it's, it's accountability get away with that's the best thing yeah yeah See yeah that? well yeah it's it's, 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 it's like it's not like it's like i i know this is like a real tangent but like that's okay it's not like <laughs> Like Harvey Weinstein was secretly a bad person and no one knew. And only recently we all discovered, discovered it. Yeah. Like, no, he's always been like this. Everyone has always known. Just now people care. You yeah. know? Uh-oh. And, and the world's always been like that. The world has always been shitty. Just now we're complaining about it. Oh, well, yeah. I think... Uh... Openly <laughs> terrible. Oh, you know what? How that? I actually segued into, into the other topic. Changing opinions. Changing opinions, You're yes. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Dexter. That's why I have you, because I'm like, I need someone for those sweet, sweet transitions. Yeah, so the second part of our title is Changing Opinions. So this ties in with gatekeeping because it deals with like, oh, okay. It deals with how you kind of come out of these thoughts 
right? So when you do gatekeep, you kind of think if you reflect upon like why you believe certain things, you know, you may change your mind about it. So like I said, when the example of me in Forever 21, when I realized like, wait, why do I think that? Why do I care? Who cares if people like girls who shop here, they wear like a Thor t-shirt. doesn't matter if they've like read all the fucking comics and know the, the history of Thor and can appreciate him as like a Marvel character. Like that's not really important. So why do I in there? This problem like being worthy of Thor, just the hammer, the Mielmor or whatever you pronounce it. Yeah, it, imagine I made a joke about it. And oh, then, okay, whoa, that, no, that was good. Continue, pop. An astute observation, bit of humor. So this brings me back again to like the kind of pervasive thinking that infiltrates our thoughts. And so I was thinking back on like this is a little bit more serious than uh, than pop culture fandoms, but like when I was younger. Like, as a kid, like, growing up, like, in elementary school and stuff, uh, yeah, I did not like, like, gays at all or gay people. Now, the reason why I say it is, like, pervasive thinking, because no one sat me down and said, gay people are bad, right? There's no direct, like, instructions, but you knew somehow subconsciously that it was not okay to be gay and that they were not, like, good people. Because, like, we would call people certain F-words. We'd call them gay. You know, if you want to make fun of someone, you usually just say they're gay. And then, you know, boom, there you go. <laughs> well, no, that's how it was <laughs> when you, you were a kid. Right? You, you would, that's, <laughs> those were the insults. Right? And you'd call people, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, certain, certain three-letter F-words. Uh, and you just knew. Just like, okay, it's not cool to be gay. Like, you don't want to be associated with it at all. And you could say it was stuff like in the in, in, in pop culture, like because if you look back at the show like Friends, there's a lot of like anti-gay jokes in there, and I'm sure a whole bunch of oh other stuff. Oh my god, Friends! Like looking back, is so like gay panic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, there's yeah, like yeah, it's like, yeah so... you, like, you you can't hug your your best friend or you or you're gay, you know. Yeah, there'd be stuff yeah. like that, or sometimes, uh, like, in, I know, I remember, like, in TV shows and films, if, like, two guys kiss, it'd be like, oh, we kiss, and be like, ugh, ugh, no. Yeah, you'd like, it's like, we'll clean your tongue. Right? But, like, yeah. as a kid, <laughs> I don't think, like, for some of the stuff, it's, like, stuff I never watched as a kid, so I wouldn't, like, have picked it up from there. I remember thinking, like, seeing that stuff, I never thought, like, explicitly, mm. oh, this is, like, bad form it was just kind of like oh that's kind of funny they they find kissing each other disgusting yeah, that's how yeah, i that, more that, thought that's all the joke is but yeah but like yeah that, that goes through like like you see that everywhere you see that in every tv show you watch and then it, you kind of just get told well yeah you internalize it equals bad yeah right? and then again how other kids would talk right how we'd make fun of each other how we'd like yeah. insult each other you know how telling people to go suck dick or whatever you know oh that's what we'd say to people like that's just how we like insulted each other and stuff and then guilty as charged yeah for a long time that's like how i thought and then i was just like okay nope can't can't be gay can't like gay it's like it's not cool and then around the time that uh they legalized gay marriage here because there was like especially like in my high school i went to a catholic high school so around the time when those conversations were being had uh i remember that there was a lot of talk of like what the definition of marriage is. This is the reason why you cannot have gays be legally allowed to marry is because marriage is defined as, you know, a union between a man and a woman. 
So you can have like gay marriage, but you got to call it something else because marriage has a specific definition. And I think if you're relying on like dictionary definitions as to why something like can't be, then I think it's probably like a, a weak yeah, the argument. The dictionary is the greatest gatekeeper. <laughs> like the dictionary literally gatekeeps language. Like, well, what fucking authority does Oxford have on how you can talk? You know, so that's kind of like made me think. I was like, okay, wait, why can't gays get married? Like, I don't understand. Like, if you if mm. you're a religious group and you don't want to, I'm like, okay, that's up to you. Just like now, if you want to be racist, you want to be sexist, you want to be homophobic islamophobic whatever if that's what you want to be okay i can't force you to not do that but in terms of what the government provides you with like a marriage license or marriage certificate whatever it's called i don't see why they should prevent you from doing that so when i was like thinking about Mm -hmm. it in that way i was like oh no it's actually like fine like why what what does it matter to me the other thing was like yeah if someone like gay liked you or something right it was always like, ooh, I don't want them to like, as if like, you're just so attractive that every person, like, n- girls don't even like you. What do you think like guys are going to come and like you for? Like, <laughs> you know, you tell like no that. one's, no one's throwing themselves at you. So why are you concerned that someone of the same sex is going to throw themselves at you? But it, all I those, think, like, I think, I think, it's, I think it's like, it's the fear that they would behave the way that you behave toward women. Right. Yep. Ma'am. Yep. I guess so. Yeah. It's a possibility. But it's just kind of in thinking it in that way, I was kind of like, no, I shouldn't. At the end of the day, like, it doesn't really affect me. Like, if I'm not gay, no one gay is going to, like, come after me or, I don't know, whatever doomsday scenario you envision. Well, they, might, they might turn you gay. Oh, they might turn you gay. Yeah, with their gay lasers. <laughs> Focusing on you. gazers. <laughs> They're gazers. That's a, I think that's a really, uh optimist like like good story about a positive change in opinions path yeah uh i will admit i feel like not like so few people question their own inherent beliefs yeah like that you know like a lot of people take their like there's a lot of axioms that you have like those kinds of like just deep down beliefs are like not even exactly nobody tells you that right it's just like how you're socialized you're in the environment around you kind of gives you those like things that you think about like know fundamentally but don't haven't been taught kind of thing yeah and a lot of people don't like question those inherent biases that they have right no i would say most people don't at least not initially as a kid growing up because you're not really focused on that like no one's having this kind of like deep introspective thought when they're like yeah 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 Yeah, exactly (laughs) or even 13 well it's not limited on age but i'm just saying thinking that you don't really have that awareness like super young like you could be 50 and still hold the same ideas because that's what you were told to believe well yeah that is conservatism you know yeah i'm gonna maintain that status quo so some people don't critically question why they believe certain things but I, i don't know i try to you know every now and then like reflect on like some of these mm. issues that kind of come up especially uh with like well, trans yeah. things more recently just yeah. as an example you know like i don't really care if someone is or isn't trans um uh, i don't know just let the person live their life i don't really yeah I don't well, really yeah, get I, it I find, I find like um like as a society we're, we're moving toward that like toward, toward questioning all these beliefs that we've had for generations or like yeah you know we're like oh what if 
people could get married if they wanted to, you know? And what if someone is a sex pest? We don't let them be a sex pest. You know, like, what if? I've never heard the word sex pest before. <laughs> That's a really... <laughs> What a cute way of saying a predator. <laughs> oh, don't talk to Gary. He's a sex pest. <laughs> I just imagine when I hear that, I imagine like a fly buzzing around you, trying to like just like stick his dick in your ear <laughs> and initiate like sexual contact. And you're just kind of like waving your hands away, like. Oh, the sex pests are out. It's like mosquitoes like buzzing around you, and you're just like, Where's the spray? Where's the sex pest spray? It's like dawn and it just rained right now. Okay. I I, I go back on my pre- on my er, my first statement. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> in this podcast. Oh god. Oh, also, it makes yeah. me think of uh have you guys ever read uh, a clockwork orange? I have not. I saw the movie. Yeah, the reason why I say the book and not the movie is because the movie does not incorporate the last... I am gatekeeping. Oh my god. We got it. (laughs) Live. Holy shit. (laughs) No, because... Actually, the book? The uh, book? (laughs) No, the reason why I mentioned the book instead of the movie is because the book... Because, uh... What's his name? The director... (laughs) Uh, Kubrick? Yeah, it's it. Stanley Kubrick. I think almost all of his films are adaptations based on novels. I don't think he ever did like an original screenplay, which is fine. It's just that when they did A Clockwork Orange, the version of the book that they had cut out the last chapter. And if you read... hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think the the, the publisher... Was was that like a censorship thing or was that like... like It was a faulty copy. It might have been a faulty copy. I can't remember exactly why the last chapter was cut from a certain edition of the book, a certain publisher of the book, they cut it out. But the reason why I say the book over the movie is because the last chapter is like the fundamental part of that novel. What happened? And it gets cut out. Tell us about it. Well, okay, so Alex, you said you haven't seen A Clock Room? Yeah, you tell, yeah just, just tell me. Oh, no, I'm not worried about spoilers, <laughs> but I just was like, that's, that's <laughs> another topic for in the future is like how I don't give a shit about spoilers and neither should you. <laughs> but... In A Clockwork Orange, right, we have our main character, Alex, who's not you, but his name is Alex. And he's like a, a violent teen. Him and his droog, his buddies. They're just like violent predators, sexual predators. Like, they just like beat up people. They're in the ultra-violence, the old in-out. That's like their term for like sex or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Like, they're very gruesome, very violent kids basically and alex eventually gets uh captured by the government like arrested and he's forced to uh undergo this kind of experimental therapy that will cure him of his like ultra violent ultra sexual tendencies and so they make him watch like all this disgusting deplorable shit like literally like force his eyes open like that so he can't like look away and then they play uh because in the in the book and the movie, they use classical music because the author wants to use classical music so it's not tied to like a time period. Sure. So it'll be like forever. You can envision it anytime. Um. So they a certain piece of classical music plays. So after he goes through this therapy, he no longer has 
those kind of tendencies. It kind of makes him like a quote unquote model citizen. But then whenever he kind of like hears that music or if he has a thought related to wanting to act violent, it kind of like incapacitates him and he becomes like, he basically freezes up and, you know, balls up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing, right? Right. And it's like, and in the movie, because they cut out the last chapter, if you end it there, it's just kind of like, okay, so that, you know, if this is forced upon you, this is kind of like how you change. Yeah, test. Right? But in the book, the last chapter, and it's been a long time since I've read this book, but in the last chapter, Alex wakes up one day, because I don't, I don't think the, uh, the treatment was like, is like permanent or whatever. I can't remember exactly, but he wakes up one day and decides that he doesn't want to do that anymore. He relapses. No, he doesn't relapse. He decides he doesn't want to be violent. He doesn't want to be his old, like asshole self. He wants to improve. And the point of the story is that change has to come from within. It has to be something you decide. So you can see it as like anticlimactic because he just decides one day, Oh, I'm going to change. But that's like, the only way that you can change is that you have to decide yeah, you want to yeah, do like it. The, the government can't brainwash you. Or any, any other person, person can't force you to, to, to be a better person. To think a certain way or, or to behave a certain way. You have to want to. And that's, that's the point of the book is that it's just on a whim. One day he decides, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to act in this way anymore. I'm going to like. That's kind of fun that the two have like completely different. Yeah. Points. You know. Like the the book and the movie that they have. Oh, yeah. So like, it makes me. So that's yeah. what comes to mind when thinking about like changing your opinions. Like, yeah, sometimes it could be this introspective thing that you've meditated on and thought about and deeply questioning why you believe certain beliefs. But at the same yeah, time, true. it can just come up as, an, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Hey, why am I so angry about the gays? Yeah. And decide, I, yeah, what? Who cares? I don't, I don't want to do other things. That's like the best kind of personal growth, obviously, right? And like, I feel like people are more um, willing to change if it comes from, or change their opinions about something if it comes from themselves rather than something. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if you see just Facebook post after Facebook post telling you to, to have a different opinion on, like, care, start recycling, care about the environment, you're like, ah, fuck you, Facebook. Yeah. You know? No, that's yeah. like, I feel like that's super prevalent. Uh, these days, especially like we're living in, or at least I don't think I think it depends. Place like I feel like we're living in a polarized kind of world where like you're in where your your beliefs that you hold like people at least portrayed in like media and stuff is like well yeah, yeah well it's kind that's, of things right yeah that's the power of the internet is that it polarizes things there's mm-hmm. no no time for nuance you have to just like say your opinion and get the fuck out of there yeah that's, and that and that's it right it's all about nuance right you have to understand facets of all the facets of an ideology or another or a thing before making yeah. your own opinion about it. Right? Well, that's, like, that's why I don't like again, memes but... because they're, they're, they're they lack nuance. Like I like memes oh, if yeah. it's like cats oh, doing doing something so stupid. Memes. The best one, so the best one is when they throw cheese, like sliced cheese, on a cat. Have you seen that? <laughs> they just like throw its face. This is your favorite meme on the internet. That's one of the best ones because they're just like, what the fuck is this thing on me? <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you gotta look it up. You'll be fucking dying for hours. Oh my god! Because they just like squish plug, their plug head back. That content. <laughs> and it's okay. But like, when you start developing memes around like political discourse, right, and be like liberals like this, or conservatives like yeah. this, or Republicans like Democrats, 
it's it, like it's really it's really re- it reduces things to like exactly that's why it's like so pervasive in your thought yeah, because it captures problem. a feeling because you might feel certain certain thing and this is, it goes back to last week's episode or not last week well, last week from this recording but the episode on truthiness where about a feel things feel a certain way and you feel like oh this is unjust or whatever like if you're someone against black lives matters protests you may think like oh these are people asking for too much because it feels like they're asking yeah. for too much when they're not asking to be treated better than everyone else, they don't want to be put up on a pedestal. They're just saying, hey, how about we don't have agents of the government kill unarmed black people in this case? And have consequences if they do. Yeah. And if they do. Well, preferably I'd rather them not kill anyone. But yes, if the consequences are the important part, holding people accountable, like we mentioned before. But if you have a meme that's like all lives matter, blue lives matter to say like, you know, okay, this person was a criminal or something. I'm yeah, like, it's, it's, it's reducing this this yeah, huge complex thing to like two phrases. Yeah. Something bite sized and, and, and can easily read, yeah. easily digestible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, th- I think that's why people misunderstand Black Lives Matter because mm-hmm. like they they don't get they don't get all the context of what that sentence means. They just get Black Lives Matter. It's like, and if you just get that sentence out of context, nowhere you're like, okay, cool, but all lives matter. What the fuck are you saying? It's like. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. Exactly. Like, like we're, that's just one sentence. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's why, like, I don't like memes. And like well, those kind of political memes. Like, like I said, if yeah. you're throwing cheese, sliced cheese on a cat, like that is funny. That is a good meme. But if it's like, <laughs> stop bringing up the cat, man. It's funny. It's our sound bite um, that we're gonna put in the October. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dexter, you you were thinking. Oh uh, no, I was I was I was gonna talk about the American election, but that'll be instantly dated because it's coming out after the election. This it's is true. what you have a hot take. No, I don't have a hot okay. take. Okay. Yeah. Because you can I say mean, your yeah. hot take. It's okay. Take. We're not bound by time. At least I'm not. Well, no, it's 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 just it's just about like 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 the two party system in America and and and, mm-hmm. and how deeply flawed it is and and how there's like no like, it re- it's fucked up, man. Like, like the, the, the polarization, like, was what, 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 like, Alex was saying about, like, everything being polarized on the internet, like, that's true, like, the nth degree about American politics. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Because politics is, like, an internet, like, the internet is the platform for politics now. And if, if the internet inherently polarizes everything, and you only have two parties, those two parties are gonna be super fucking polarized. And that's how you end up with, like, a fucking Trump and Bernie. And then you have fucking biden who's just the like the nothing well that's what you need to win man well, has now charisma. Oh biden God. is nuanced <laughs> isn't that sad no it's definitely i was i was reading like because it's way different in their political system than here like i think yeah, it's so different like if my understanding is correct i did not read deeply into this but apparently you have to register for every fucking election or something yes Yes. Yep. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I don't understand and that they at all. Very hard. Oh, well, I know about that. People. I know about that. Like, oh. when they do their gerrymandering and they close down polling stations, to me, this is just so foreign because here, like, once you're on the voters list, you're on the voters list. That's it. Yeah. And you right, can right, do right. it from your tax returns. Actual, well, but, like, the thing is, the thing is, America has never been as democratic as everybody thinks it no. is. Like, people always talk about, like, like we should, like, Ooh. honor the founding fathers and, 
um, all vote because that's what they wanted. They did not want that. No, they wanted not. seven dudes in one room to choose who the president was. Because yeah. they thought everyone else was stupid. Yeah. They didn't want real democracy. They wanted democracy among privileged-owning yeah. white guys who yeah. were literate. But it, it strikes me like... And, as, and as it's so still odd. that. That's still who's in I charge. know. I like, know, but it's it's like it's you weird. are honoring their legacy if if you're gerrymandering. That's what they wanted. Well, the gerrymandering, they do like poll tax stuff to try to send out disinformation. They close down polling stations, which I don't understand because here it's like when the election comes up, polling stations just open up wherever, like yeah. in universities, schools, community centers, churches. Yeah. You just go vote wherever. It's temporary, and you go and you okay. Are yeah, you like on the, the list? Last, yeah. Like, okay. Cool. The last Canadian election, it took me like thirty minutes to vote. Yeah. 15 yeah. Fifteen minutes. And then I don't understand like, when walk, I see like all these the like local elementary school. Yeah. Voted and, walk, yeah. and I don't understand when you see like these polling stations with the hours and hours of waiting, like three or four hours of waiting in line. And they do it like on a Tuesday. I feel like that just goes to We're, show that voter suppression is kind of like embedded in. Well, of course, the, the system is designed in, that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Right. And, and they've been trying to find new ways to do it and like they always it's, they, always, they always have to like accept their loss like ah damn it i guess we can let women vote but only white women okay <laughs> well, draw a line somewhere yeah <laughs> to draw the line somewhere <laughs> basically what it is and all this is exacerbated on, on the internet this is the last point i guess before we 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 finish for today but like the internet like exacerbates these problems because as we said it's like polarizing but the reason why it's polarizing is because that's the way to get engagement right because yeah Oh, feelings yeah, so feelings your, of your anger feelings of anger and stuff like that are things that like resonate with us longer than like feelings of happiness mm -hmm. so people will remember an unpleasant or an angering situation more than they will something that was happy and everything went well yeah well exactly it's all about getting engagement and content and stuff so things like facebook twitter instagram youtube they don't fucking care that's why like any of these people who are like literal fucking nazis uh They'll they'll always keep their platform. They'll always maintain yeah. whatever it is they're doing because they get the engagement. Facebook, YouTube, they only give a shit if no one's making money. But if people are watching your videos, they're subscribed to your channel, they're watching the ads, they're selling the ad revenue, they don't give a fuck. It's true. Right? You could you could say all oh, like the Nazi racist fucking bullshit, and as long as people watch, uh, I don't know if you guys remember like a couple of years ago when people started really analyzing children's content on YouTube, where like you would start on this like child-friendly video but if you let it autoplay you get into like yeah. this weird disturbing sexual shit i don't remember that oh, oh yeah i don't know it was a thing like a couple of years ago and people were kind of really? started questioning like what the fuck is going because the algorithm generates this kind of shit okay. because it's whatever people watch it's the engagement that's all people care about they don't care about the content that's why mm -hmm. in a future episode we're going to talk about the medium is the message where you guys will be on too oh yeah so anyone listening you can look forward to that coming up in a couple of weeks but it's it's the what it's what the platform will support. So as long as you are watching, as long as you're clicking, as long as you're engaging, it doesn't matter what the content is. So it could be something positive, it could be something negative. It doesn't matter as long as people are watching. That's why like you have like in Facebook uh, that that genocide. I forget where exactly. Uh, I think it's somewhere in Southeast Asia. Was it the Burmese? Was it in Burma? Can't remember. Oh. Facebook oh. didn't give a shit because it's like, yeah. hey, they're using our platform. We don't give a fuck. Or it's like when people here post like ultranationalist, white supremacy, Nazi bullshit, Facebook, Twitter doesn't give a shit. YouTube doesn't give a shit. Because, hey, it's it, good it for them. gets it's views. Good for them. That's how we generate our money. 
So as and long as people are watching, lots of it. comments because yeah. people are going to yell at them. Like, you want exactly. engagement. And they can totally hide it under the like, oh, this is free speech kind of thing. That, well, that's uh, the other thing. And the free speech in the U.S. is kind of fucked up. So sorry to my American listeners. I know I do have a lot of American Yikes. listeners. Your country's broken. Fucked. But we got we to gotta spit that, the truth that's, here. That's one of the really nice things about being Canadian right now is like anytime <laughs> we do something bad, we just be like, oh yeah, but look at America. Like, oh, look how Canada is there. It's like, yeah, I know we have our racism. Canada has our problems but theirs too. is worse. <laughs> Canada has our problems too, but on the idea of but free we speech, we have a different view on on what our, is free speech quote-unquote constitutional right or whatever and it's like what are you wearing alex yeah uh is that your costume it is a costume oh, oh okay, <laughs> okay. We're, we're cosplaying as our characters for D D. uh and you listeners right. out there will love to know that i'm in a sexy red dress for me okay <laughs> interesting <laughs> nice <laughs> okay so on that note we're gonna end it there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a good, good discussion. <laughs> um, final thoughts? Quick sentences? Oh, I want to I I plug our show, Alex. Yes. Oh, yes. we do. So before we, we get thoughts. to that, that was, uh, yeah, gatekeeping and, and changing opinions. I have been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me today, Dexter and Alex, who you can Thanks find. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, on on their podcast, Dexter, Dexter this, this is you. All right, October and Fish. It's a it's a fictional podcast. It's a it's an adventure podcast about a fish with legs and her best friend October Jones as they try to stop an evil two headed snake from destroying the world. It's very uh, whimsical. It's very heartfelt. Uh, and at least I I think it's got a lot of really uh, prescient things to say, even about the world that we're currently living in. It's all yeah. original music, uh, all voice actors. Yeah, Alex, from Alex does all the music. He's really good I at do. the music. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and look out for me. My voice is in there in an upcoming episode. Yeah, so that, so that's the episode you want to listen to. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Everything yeah, else like you can forget. Like, like 14 or something. <laughs> yeah. Of an of a ongoing narrative podcast. Just jump in. Just jump in at the, the third act. <laughs> um, you can, you can get find it, it anywhere. October and Fish. Yeah, you can find us anywhere that you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, Dexter, anywhere else? Yeah, everywhere. Stitcher, fucking all of them. All the, all the main platforms for podcasts. You can so, also follow us on Instagram at October and Fish and find us on Facebook. Yep. Nice. So thank you all for listening. Everyone, please stay safe. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Wear a mask. Don't be a racist. You That's it. it. All right. Well, if you're racist, be nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.